Welcome back to Becoming the Best Self. I am sorry that I went MIA on y'all. Um, that is completely my bad. I am back and better than ever, ready to jump fully back in. Um, life just kind of happened. I got married. I moved. I am still trying to settle in here. Now the holidays are coming up and it's just a lot of craziness, but that's okay. We're, we still have our goals and I am back on the podcast game coming in hot so let's go ahead and jump in i was in the process of putting out a one more post on self-destruction and self-sabotage and this topic is how to help someone with self-destructive behavior so since i was already putting out that a blog post and I have already done the series on my podcast and on the website. I wanted to go ahead and finish off this post because I do think it's important to tie back into the series that we were on going through self-destruction and self-sabotage. So if you're new here, um, we actually have five other podcast episodes up on self-sabotage, starting with what is self-sabotage, why we self-sabotage, do we self-sabotage some examples and three steps to stop um, the self-sabotage that might be going on your own in your own life and we also have blog posts that correspond to each of these with some extra blog posts as well but today like i said i want to go ahead and talk about how to help someone with self-destructive behavior so this is more in terms of how to help a family member or a close friend or a coworker, somebody that you have a fair connection with and you can recognize some of these patterns in their life and you want to stop enabling um, this behavior and help change it. Real quick, if you aren't familiar with what an enabler is, it's pretty much what it, exactly what it sounds like. An enabler is somebody who enables certain behaviors. So you're allowing these behaviors or these repetitions and habits to continue happening, whether that is through um, just constantly listening and, you know, not really setting boundaries or never saying your piece about wanting to change the conversation or talk more positively, anything of that sort, um, you're enabling the self-destructor, um, also known as the abuser in this instance, to continue that destruction in their life, which ultimately affects you and your mental health as well. And really quickly, before we go into what to do and what not to do to help somebody with um, self-destructive behavior, I do want to touch on the fact that self-destruction does come from a variety of things. And we talk about this in some previous podcasts and blog posts, but they, as in the self-sabotager, they can be working off of so many different things. So we can sit back and say, you know, well, your life is pretty good and you really shouldn't be complaining, but we're not in their head all day. We are not with them all day. So there are other things that can be happening outside forces or internal forces that are influencing the way that they are acting and the behaviors that they are showing. And that doesn't make it right by any means. And it doesn't mean that it needs, needs to take a toll on your mental health. But it is something to recognize in the fact of, you know, everybody is going through something. So don't basically just have patience with people. Under, understand that, you know, 
whereas you might see the glass half full right now, their their glass really might be half empty. Um, and it's okay. That's a healthy thing to go through. The self-sabotage and self-destruction comes in when that never changes, you know, when, you know, you've had this season to grow and you just, they chose not to grow and they choose to stay in that self-pity party. Um, that's the kind of behavior that we're really trying to change. And since we do want to change this behavior in our close friends and family, we do have to step back and stop enabling them um, to keep being negative and and you don't you also want to stop them from hurting your success and your happiness because the longer that you are around this toxic energy the more that you are one going to become okay with it so it's going to become your normal and you're not going to keep calling it out and two you're going to start taking on those characteristics as well so exactly what's bothering you right now and somebody else is going to one day become you if you aren't careful going into how exactly to help others um Definitely remind yourself that you do have to be careful in how you bring up these problems because people don't take well, especially if they are already sabotaging their own um, lives and confidence, they're not going to take well to you coming at them with them being the problem. And that's a big thing that gets misconcepted. I hope that was a word. I kind of feel like I just made up that word. Miscon- misconstrued? Okay, I don't know. You know what I mean. Sorry, I promise I'm a lot smarter than I sound. But oftentimes when you bring up problems, you have to do it in a careful manner because the counterparty, um, it's easy to just pull out of that. Okay, well then I am the problem. And you don't want to make the other party feel like that because that's going to make them automatically shut down. So let's actually get into the ways that we should and should not approach a self-sabotaging individual and just pause for a good cause i am now realizing this is going to be a very short podcast so you're welcome i got you this information out within i think what's going to be under 20 minutes okay so three things not to do when trying to help someone with self-destructive tendencies okay so these are the things that we want to actively avoid number one don't try to guilt them this is for many reasons um if you try to guilt somebody into something even if they do it right away it's not going to stick with them long term and with self-sabotage you want the ways that you are helping to actually be long-term fixes you don't want this to be something where you guilt them into going to therapy today um because you you wanted it out of your benefit and then they go they get nothing out of it because they don't even want to be there they get back and now they resent you and therapy because it was a pressured situation so that was just a quick example, but don't don't guilt somebody into trying to get help. Don't guilt somebody into trying to fix their life. Um, some people just don't want to fix their life, and that's something that you have to come to terms with. You can't fix everybody, and not everybody wants to be fixed. Whew. Another part of guilting people, individuals, self-sabotagers, whatever, um, or another example is when we go into the, well, like, if you love me, then you would X, Y, Z. Um, you wouldn't be doing this if you loved me. It's it's something that human nature tells us to do that because in most forms for a normal 
mediocre mental health state when you do have that those feelings for somebody and when you do care about somebody there are things you actively avoid but then when life happens and some chemicals in our brain either stop working or overproduce we go into this cycle of you know that caring and that love it's not registering the same way as it does for a sane person and not that not that people who think this way are just insane but for the grand scheme of keeping a regular mental health patient who has no struggles has no problems and then taking someone with mental health problems um even as far as just a habitual self-sabotager um our minds don't all function 24 7 in the way of oh i care about this person this is how i should be treating them for a lot of us it might um, but for others it doesn't and i know in males and females this is a really big difference because females think smarter and harder than males do on a regular basis this is not in work situations it is proven that in work situations a lot of males um work harder and achieve success faster uh i mean you can take that however you want i think there's some sexism in that but it's whatever um but it is proven that the way females respond and react to things is from the nurture standpoint whereas the way that males respond and act to things is more of a immediate um really immediate gratification response but that's that's a whole different topic so we're we're gonna go into number two of what not to do when trying to help somebody with self-destructive tendencies so number two don't take it personal Uh, you as a person somebody else being self-destructive is not your fault and you know we've talked about the fact that self-destruction can come from so many different forces um And it's never from you. Somebody doesn't choose to be self-destructive because of somebody else. Now, it could be because they, their childhood grew up teaching them to be self-destructive. But normally, if somebody is coming to you with their problems and venting, you are normally not the reason they are being self-destructive. You are normally, you know, the one person that's bringing them back down and trying to keep them in reality of the fact that they you know they are okay they are doing good so if you're going to take on helping somebody with these habits you can't take it personal and in the end you're trying to help them not you so just take yourself out of it number three which kind of follows along with the don't take it personal but number three is don't become their therapist so your job as their friend and their listening ear is not to be their therapist. One, you don't get paid enough for that. Let me tell you right now. You No. Go get your degree in therapy and psychology if you want to become a therapist and get that bread, honey. But like until then, don't be your friend's therapist. Um, and it's okay to like listen and give your advice. But when every time that you're hanging out and every time you're seeing these people, you are just, you know, bringing on their problems onto your life. It's not healthy. And I'm not a therapist, so like I can't really speak for therapists, but from what I've read and the research that I've done, therapists have their own measures of, you know, de-stressing before coming home from work, letting that and letting that out and understanding that, you know, these are their clients and they're helping their clients, but this is not directly related to them at all. And as a friend, you can't do that because as a friend, you are there in that personal life. You are there for that moral support. And you can't do that if you're also constantly being burdened with all of their problems. 
So don't become their therapist. Don't, um, don't join their pity parties. Don't have to regularly become their life coach throughout their problems. You know, it's, it's not your place. All right. So with those being our three things to not wait, no, wait, hold up. (laughs) Those are our three things not to do when helping someone with self-destructive behavior. Now I'm going to go into five things to do when helping someone with self-destructive behavior. So these are the things that you actively want to practice if you have individuals in your life that are self-sabotaging individuals. Number one, support them in getting the help they need. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Sometimes people just need that one person in their life to give them a positive therapy experience and say, hey, listen, just go talk to somebody, man. Now, that's not going to work for everybody, but for some people, that is what they need. They just need somebody telling them, hey, listen, dude, go talk to somebody. Go to therapy. It's okay. It is 2020, almost 2021. Therapy is normalized. Go do it. But regardless, support what them I can't talk support them in getting help even if that does mean going to an actual psychologist and getting medication whatever it is help them find these resources and encourage them to use them and regularly practice them number two actively avoid the self-destructive conversations so this one was a bit hard to word um because Obviously, if you're trying to help somebody with self-destructive problems, you aren't engaging in self-destructive conversations. But a lot of people who regularly self-sabotage their lives, um, they use a form of self-isolation, which is the constant conversations about, I don't deserve good friends, I'm annoying, um, People think I'm horrible. I'm so messed up. I don't deserve to be here. All of that. All of that is self-sabotage. And it's it's a way to justify self-isolation and justify, you know, not going out with friends. Oh, because I'm not wanted. Or, you know, not talking a lot in groups. Oh, because I'm annoying. Or, you know, not opening up to people because I'm so messed up. And it's just something that's just like, it's so selfish, but... That's the epitome of self-sabotage. So when these conversations start happening, find ways to turn them. So the, the couple of examples that I listed on my blog, which you can check out, um, one is that you know if somebody comes to you and you're working with them with self-sabotage and they say, I don't deserve good friends, you can casually respond and say, well, you know, I'm... I'm a good friend to you and I, you know, I'm here and I feel like you do deserve me. I feel like you're a good friend. I feel like I deserve you and it doesn't really matter what you think. I'm choosing to be here and I'm choosing to be your friend. And then that gives them the ability to say, okay, you're right and shut it down. Or if they continue to go down that path, you say, no, listen, I already told you that I am a good friend. You are my good friend and I do deserve you and you deserve me. That conversation is over. Um, Another example is, When somebody tries to say, I'm so messed up, or all the other terms you can use for that, you can respond with, you know, you're not messed up. Yes, life has happened to you. Yes, there's work that we all need to do. Yes, we can all be better, but you're not messed up. You're normal. You know, we all go through this. We all have things in life that's just not, it doesn't go our way. You're normal. You're not messed up. You're not a problem. So... 
yeah, actively avoid those self-destructive conversations. When they start going on that path, turn them around however you see fit. Number three, set boundaries. So just like it's not your job to be their therapist, it is your job for your mental health to set boundaries. I've talked about this before and I've said it on Instagram. I've said it on my blog. I've probably said it in other podcasts, but you are ultimately what you surround yourself with in many ways. So in one way, even if you're not what you surround yourself with, if you are around these people and you meet somebody else for the first time around these people, they are going to associate you with that behavior. So watch yourself on that. Another way scientifically proven as in so sociologically and psychologically proven you become what you surround yourself with so if you are letting all of these habits linger around you you're going to start participating in them as well and you're going to become exactly what you are trying to fix in somebody else therefore just don't entertain this behavior don't entertain the regular self-destructive talk um don't just deal with having to listen to people don't just deal with oh well that's just how they are because that's going to take a toll on you and you're going to start normalizing and justifying the same things that they do and then you're going to have to pull yourself out of you're going to have to pull yourself out of self-sabotaging your own life and we want to stop that before we even get there so definitely set your boundaries Number four, know your place. I think I mentioned this earlier, but sometimes it's just not your place. And if, if this is somebody that you are meeting for the first or maybe the first few times and you're noticing these red flags in them, it's not necessarily your place to just call them out on that. There might be a way that you can, but just kind of ask yourself, you know, is this my place? Should I be saying something? Is it my, like... Like, do they need to hear this from me? Is it even going to do anything if they hear this from me? And if it's not, just just let it go. Just let it go and avoid yourself the trouble, honestly. Lastly, number five, understand that you are allowed to leave any relationship that you are ever a part of. Um, my husband can't. I hope he's not listening to this because, baby, that was not a tip for you. You ain't allowed to leave this. All this. All this. You ain't allowed to leave it. But no, really, if you are in a self-sabotaging or if you are in a relationship where your partner is self-sabotaging or you have a family member that is self-sabotaging or you have close friends that are self-sabotaging, you are allowed, allowed, you are allowed to cut off those relationships, okay? This is your life. You need to be happy. You need to have great mental health. You need to continue personal development. You know, you are allowed to pull yourself away from destructiveness. You are allowed to stop enabling the ones you love. And that's for two reasons. And I'm closing out on this. But the two reasons you're allowed to step away from relationships is one, your mental health always comes first. Always. So if there are problems that are going on in relationships that is directly degrading your mental health, step out. Step out. And number two, by not enabling, you can push them into getting the help they need. That's not always going to be the case and it might not always be immediate. But nine times out of ten, when people lose all of their enablers, they have to make a difference in their life. Because nobody's helping just carry them on their back. 
All right, so that was all of my tips on how to stop self-sabotaging behavior in its tracks, in people that you love, in your friends, in your family, maybe in your own life. Um, And, you know, not everybody not everybody is a self-sabotager. Some people are just going through it and they just have it rough right now and they might need a listening ear. Um, Self-sabotage comes when it is repeated habits. There's never any change, never any progress, never any positivity. And I really do think that at some point in everybody's life, they sabotage something in their own life. So remember, once again, be patient with people. You know, it's Life can be hard, especially right now in 2020. It might be a struggle for some. So take things lightly. You know, don't judge people. Don't press people to get help if they don't want it. It's not, it might not be your place. Always set your boundaries. Always do what's good for your mental health. And at the end of the day, our only goal is to do our best to help other people grow and develop the same way that we want to. If you want to go more in depth on how you can help somebody with self-sabotaging behaviors, you can check out our blog post on becomingthebestself.com. It will be linked to this episode in the show notes. Um, There are some frequently asked questions posted on it, as well as our related articles that go into more details on self-sabotage. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to this. As always, if you're looking for a sign to get out of bed, take a shower, do anything that you need to do for your mental health, go ahead and do it. Get it done. I don't care what time you're listening to this. Do something to better your life. I am so proud of you. I am so thankful to be back. I'm so thankful to have you listening. I love you and I'm sending you wonderful good vibes. Peace out, Girl Scout.